All right. Um, yeah, it's been good this summer. It's been fun with the small groups and everything. I, I feel like um, anything I basically say in the small groups, Oakley's going to agree with. So tonight should be pretty good. Um, if you, that's, that's good. Um, no, it's been good. I feel like I've gotten to um, kind of learn where some of you guys are at. Um, that maybe I like don't hang out with you on a consistent basis. So it's been really fun to kind of grow with you guys this summer. And um, this message is really cool. Um, the Lord, like sometimes I like really think the Lord knows what he's doing, right? Like I was reading through this, this passage tonight and it's like, wow, this relates perfect with like where we're at as the well, with people going back to school and, and as we're continuing to grow and I was looking around today, and I was talking with Otto, wherever you're at, yeah, and it's like, dude, like, some of you guys I don't even know, like, it's really weird, like, I feel like I've just been, like, in this bubble, and I looked up today, and it's like, I don't know, like, half you guys, so, um, if I haven't introduced myself, come and introduce yourself to me, um, so, anyway, um, I, I, I wanted to start off with some, some questions, right, and, and tonight we're going to be talking about behavior, and, and behavior and, and maturity, really as a believer in Christ, right? And, and so I just like, as some kind of rhetorical questions, like where did you learn to behave, right? And I don't say that insultingly to most of you, um, but like where did you learn to behave? How did you learn to tie your shoes, right? Or even hold a conversation and look at somebody in the eyes like most of the time, right? And so I, I was kind of, you know, studying this out a few weeks ago and be gone, Satan. Um, get it? <laughs> All right, everybody out. Get it out. Um, yeah, so a few weeks ago, I got to go up to Buffalo and uh, watch my team just get embarrassed by the Steelers. Um, but, but over the week, wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we can't, not right now. I got 20, I got like 12 minutes now. Okay. Um, so a lot of you know, um, my family has adopted my two youngest sisters from Taiwan and we got them, um, you know, they were 12 and 10 and I just like had this perception, like they're just going to grow up and have the personality that they've had from the get go. Right. And they didn't know English and they didn't know like how to behave or like the American culture. Right. And it was weird. Like this weekend as I'm like, thinking repetitively about behavior and growing up and maturing, I was, like, watching my parents and my siblings interact, and, like, my siblings were saying the same things my parents were, and they were, like, doing mannerisms the same way my parents were, and it was, like, what in the world is going on? And, and the Lord, like, kind of just let me realize, like, this cool picture of, like, being raised by a parent, right? And the Lord's given us his word to kind of raise us as his children, right, and teach us how to behave in the house of God, right, and in the world with our co-workers and with our friends outside of church, right, and so in, in 1 Thessalonians 5.23, it says, in the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, right, and it talks about sanctification, right, it's a process, you don't grow up, like, I don't, I didn't wake up from yesterday and think, like, okay, well, I guess I'm just going to show up to my 40-hour-a-week job, right, like, it took a process for me as a child to learn how to mature enough to do those things, right, and to pay my bills and, and stuff like that, and the same thing happens in our spiritual walk, right, there's a sanctification process 
that needs to happen, right? So keep that verse in mind as we kind of study tonight of the processes of learning how to behave in, in uh, directly related to maturity um, in Christ. So at some point, you know, we need to learn to set down childish things and grow up, right? And so with that, I want to get into our, our main um, verse or passage for tonight, and that's 1 Timothy three fourteen through 16. I guess I should have said that. I think it's on your sheet, so most of you should be there. So it says, coming off the heels, right, of the qualifications of a deacon, it says, In these things write I unto thee, hoping to come unto thee shortly. But if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou oughtst to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of truth. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. So I'm going to say a quick prayer and, and just ask the Lord to um, speak to us tonight, speak through me, use me as a tool, and uh, then we'll get moving forward. Father God, I love you so much. And uh, Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for taking your word seriously, Lord. I pray that, that we take your word seriously, Lord. I pray that you speak to us tonight, Lord. Eliminate distractions, God, and use me, Lord, um, as a vessel to communicate the message that you want the well to hear tonight, Lord. God, I love you. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, so Paul, right, we see that Paul expresses that desire to be with the, the, the body, right? He desires that fellowship, and as most of you know, I really like fellowship, so I'm not going to belabor that point. But, you know, the first point in your outline is your fellowship, right? This is the first step in maturity that we need to take, is we need to value our fellowship, right? And so we see that Paul said he writes these things unto thee, hoping to come unto thee shortly, right? Paul didn't desire a Christian mingle relationship with the church. He didn't desire to have a Zoom meeting with the church. He desired to be with the body. He wanted to teach the body. And, and we see that this is important in Romans 10, 24 through 25. It says, let us, and let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. Now, that's a message in and of itself. But moving on into 25, it says, Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more, as ye see the day approaching, right? So don't get me wrong, like, TV church is fine. It's good. It's helpful. But to do so on a consistent basis is just not biblical, right? It, it says, as the manner of some is, right? So it means that some people are going to forsake the assembling together of the body, right? And I don't know about you guys, but there's something about being with the body. There's something about being in this building with like-minded believers. I don't know about you guys, but last year, whenever we had like six weeks off or whatever, four weeks off, I remember waking up that Sunday. I still remember it to, like it was like yesterday, I remember waking up and thinking, I will never feel like I don't want to go to church again. You know, like, I remember waking up thinking, like, man, I get to see all my friends again. Like, I get to commune with the body again, and it was fun. It was awesome. And, and I think that's important, remember? I think Paul felt this way about that church, right? Especially in 2 Timothy, when he begins the book in verse 4, he says, greatly desiring 
to see thee, being mindful of thy tears, that I may be filled with joy. Right? Paul had the perspective, right? He wanted to teach the church how to operate. He wanted to teach the members how to behave, right? And I, I you know, I was sitting back reading that, and it's like, I, I just can't imagine writing a letter is the most effective way to do that, right? Like, Paul had that perspective of wanting to teach the church that, those things. And then if you move into verse, or chapter 4, excuse me, uh, verse 6 and 7, it says, For I am now ready to be offered, the time, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight, I have finished my course, I have kept the faith. So when we reach the end of our lives, are we going to be able to say that? Or are we just going to say we pursued money, friendships? You know, last year for me and and Rachel, a big thing for us was like we got married. Like that was a big thing like before the Lord came back, right? And it was, right? How many of you guys do you think are going to be able to sit on your deathbed and say that I've reached a place in my life where I could see people mature in Christ? I could see people grow in Christ? I could feed the body, right? So I think it's all about perspective. Because after all, that should be the goal, is to grow the souls of men in the Word of God, right? That should be the ultimate goal. So do we? Are we what the world looks at and says, you got it figured out. You guys have it right. Does the world look at the church? Does the, church, does the world look at First Baptist and say those things? And this leads into our second point. It's going to be your faith. This comes from uh, 1 Timothy 3.15. But if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou oughtst to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of truth. So like I said, does this describe the church today? I, I would say no. I would say our church, for the most part, has this figured out. But as the, the universal church, I would say no. I think the world looks at the church, and, and I don't think they see husbands of one wife. Brawlers or strikers. You know, I think they see men that are given to wine. I, th- I think they see members that aren't patient. They're not well-behaved. They're double-tongued. You know, does the world look at us and see these things, Right? I think a really important thing, going back to the past two weeks, is going back to not being a novice. Are we well-versed enough to back up the things that we preach on a daily basis? Right? Do we back up the thing that we say is the most important thing to us, the Word of God? I think in John 4.3, uh, excuse me, John 4.35, this is a really good perspective that the Lord's kind of been harping on me for the past couple weeks. It says, Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh the harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. I think we view the world differently. I think we view our friends differently. I think we view the world as our friends. I think we view our coworkers as somebody to build relationships with in order to find success in the world's definition of success. I think, you know, we, we, I think we view relationships differently than the Bible defines relationships. And, and so we saw earlier in verse 15, right, that we're supposed to be a pillar in the ground of truth. And, and 
So I kind of looked at pillars throughout the Bible, and, and pillars are really cool. Like, when you see a pillar, it's like, okay, that's holding something up. That, that's meant to be there, right? And so I, I was looking through Genesis a little bit, and, and you see in Genesis 13 that the cloud and pillar of fire, right? The pillar of cloud and pillar of fire represents God's direction, right? And then in, verse, or in chapter 28, we see Jacob sets up a pillar as a representation of how the Lord provided for him. And this is the first place that we see the tithe, you know, mentioned in Scripture, which is just that 10% of everything that the Lord has already given you, right? And then in chapter 19, we see Lot's uh, wife turned into a pillar of salt, which is God's judgment. It's God's punishment for disobedience, right? So pillars can represent a whole lot of things. So what do you think the pillar of Christ looks like today? What do you think the church as the pillar of, in the ground of truth, looks like today. What do you think we could do in this world if we looked up and noticed that 80% of our coworkers, 80% of our friends are going to hell when they die? Now, that's the perspective that Paul had, right? Paul had that great desire to be with the body, right? Do we have that great desire to see people come to know the Lord Jesus Christ? I think if we did, we would have the perspective that 1 John 3, 1 gives us. It says, Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. That's awesome. And every time I think about this verse, I think of Mark Trotter just saying, What manner of love. But the guy got it, didn't he? Like, he really took that, that to heart. Like, he knew what manner of love it takes to be called a son of God. And so if we look back on this entire summer, like I was kind of talking about earlier, I don't think we're at the place that we're at for no reason, right? As people are going out into the world and we see that the harvest is there ready to be harvested, right? The fields are ready to be harvested, excuse me. So I, I just wonder, you know, if we kind of reflect on this summer, I just, <laughs> I, I, did you guys hear that? Yeah. Okay, good. I was like, oh my gosh. Okay. Um, you know, do, do you, would you consider just looking back at kind of some of the lessons with me real quick, just to kind of gain a perspective? Do we love people enough to tell them there's a God that loves them and wants a relationship with them? Are we loving enough, right, to show a little bit of conflict between the world and us and tell them that there's a law that we must live by or we need to accept Jesus Christ into our hearts? Are we willing to get involved and show our role in ministry or even just share our story with one person? One person? Do you think we would have better, a better success rate of people staying the course if we did these things? Would we actually consider praying for people? And that was the big one for me this summer. I know a lot of you guys kind of saw I got up in, in the big house and, and the Lord just revealed to me that my prayer life sucks. It's terrible. Like, I say, like, I love people. I do. I want people to come to know Jesus. And yet, I don't even pray for them. You know, that one, that, that was uh, by Tim and uh, Brock, I believe, um, those messages, just talking about prayer and why we pray for things. Would we consider our roles in the church and how it relates to us directly? Would we even think about behaving in a way that we can grow as leaders in the church to fulfill the requirements of just an average Christian, according to the Bible? 
like I said, these are all topics that we've looked at this summer, and it all goes back to maturity. If you're still a child in Christ, you can't fulfill all those things that we've talked about. And you definitely can't fulfill the things that we talked about in the last two weeks because one of the requirements is not a novice, which would be a child. You know, a child can't drive a car because they're a child, right? So I looked in uh, 1 Corinthians 13, 11. The Lord took me to that. And it, I mean, it just correlates perfectly, right? When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Simple. When, when are you going to put down childish things of this world, right? When are you going to actually start considering your relationship with the Lord? And this leads us to our last point. This is your finish line. And in verse 16, we, we see this, right? And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. Right? So... Most of you guys know, but uh, I still need to kind of belabor this point a little bit. But we know that a mystery is not a mystery when the Bible says the mystery is no longer a mystery, okay? So I just wanted to clarify that for you guys, you know, just to get that out there, right? But this, this mystery did originate in Isaiah seven fourteen. It says, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. And I just had like a little story. I was thinking about that verse in particular. And I remember as a young child, this is going to sound crazy, but it really is a, a crazy point when you think about it. I was, I was in the doctor's office. So it was like for something sports related, I'm sure. And uh, I was sitting there and I looked over at the TV and Dr. Phil was on because, well, what else do you watch in the doctor's office? And, and I remember like this this. 19-year-old girl, or what? she was a teenager, was pregnant, and she was claiming that she was still a virgin, and that she was carrying the Lord's child. And I remember as a young child thinking, like, this chick is out of her mind. <laughs> and, like, Dr. Phil and her mom are, like, pleading with her, like, it's not possible. And yet, we believe it, right? And we do believe it is possible, but it's only going to happen the one time, right? And <laughs> And, and, praise, and praise the Lord, right? Because that's how many times it's supposed to happen. But I just thought, like, man, that is, like, when you think about it, like, that's a weird concept. But it is true. It's true. It happened. And we believe it to this day, 2,000 years later, right? So Christ was manifest on the earth, and he was telling Timothy this for a very good reason. And, and that reason is there's false teachers out there, right? There's Jews that still believe that Jesus had not come. And so... Paul was telling Timothy this, and we'll see this in a later time in this book, actually. But in, in chapter 6, 3 through 5, he, he kind of reassures Timothy that he can teach this as a sound doctrine, right? And it says, If any man teach otherwise and consent not to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which is according to godliness, he is proud, knowing nothing but doting about questions and strifes of words, whereof uh, cometh envy, strife, railings, evil surmisings, perverse disputings of men, of corrupt minds, and destitute of the truth, supposing that gain is godliness, from such withdraw thyself. Doesn't that seem like the world today? 
like all those things like strife, railings, evil surmisings, perverse disputings among, among men of corrupt minds. Like that's the world that we walk in today, right? So this supposes that there's already people that were teaching that. So you can go ahead and guarantee there are people today teaching that, right? So beware. Like, that's what this is telling you. Like, teach Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ crucified, but also beware that people are going to dispute this term and dispute this with you. And then the second thing was to tell Timothy to, to facilitate this growth, right? And we see this, that Timothy was supposed to facilitate the growth within the body, and, and to walk around and exemplify Christ in his life. And there's only one place that, that we see that we need to go to kind of see this, and that's 2 Timothy 1, 5 through 7. And these are the processes of spiritual maturity. And if you're not already in discipleship or in MTT, get in those things. Get into discipleship. Get into MTT. Learn about this stuff. We have a whole class dedicated to this verse or this section of verses right here. And it says, besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. Right? So this kind of marks where you're at spiritually. You know, and, and this isn't for me to say, like, you're learning patience, and you're learning God. No, it's not like that. It's just kind of marks in your life to show you where you're at with the Lord. And don't ever think that this is the goal, right? Godliness is not the goal. Charity has always been the goal. To exemplify charity in your life on a consistent basis and and to exemplify charity as who you are, that's the goal. But this is also a step that I think every average Christian should reach. Going back to what I said earlier, right? When you get to the end of your life, are you going to be able to say you were able to facilitate growth through the word of God in the souls of men? And I don't want to kind of get into this because I kind of want to leave you hanging. But go study this stuff out. Do you know what the marks of these spiritual steps are? Do you know how to gauge where you're at spiritually in the Lord? I mean, it's easy for me to say, I'm at charity. Well, then clearly you don't know what the steps are because they're not actually really steps. It's not like you get virtue and then you get faith or, uh, you know, temperance and then patience. You know, it's it's. It's sanctification is what it is. But go check that out. It, it's really good information, and it helped me gauge where I was at back a few years ago in MTT whenever I got to go through that class. So my last question is, what are you going to do with the information you've been given tonight? What are you going to do with the information that you've been given over this entire summer? Are you going to take the souls of men seriously? And don't think I'm just getting up here, getting on to you guys. Trust me, the Lord's been at me for two and a half weeks with this one. And it's been really hard. You know, I sat next to a lady at work who's not saved. And I didn't find out she was saved until a month after I started working there. Shame on me. It should have been the first thing I ever asked her. So just think about this week. What are you going to do with this information? What are you going to do about your growth in the Lord? Are you mature enough to take those practical steps to say no to sin and say yes to the Lord? Are you going to take those practical steps to build meaningful relationships with people and not just through a screen? That's all I have. Thank you.